The North American turkey vulture has a wingspan of 10 feet, and it can travel up to 150 miles simply because it smells something dying. When we pulled up to PGA in the early hours of the morning, there were three of them circling around, occasionally swooping down to pick at the corpse that lie on the roof. You folks got any idea how something like that could get up there? Well, Sheriff, we keep the doors locked at closed hours. Aside from that, the building ain't more than 20 feet high. You could easily pull up a truck or a van up to the side and jimmy your way up there. Do people go up there a lot? It happens enough for us to know about it. I'll send PB up there every month to sweep off the rat shit and beer cans these trailer trash folk throw up there. We're going to need you to take a look at the body. Can, can somebody get those vermin off the goddamn evidence? Corbin, why don't you come up and take a look with me? Um, I think I'm good. I don't really do well with dead people. Hog wash. Man, I'll need your journalistic eyes anywho. We climbed up a ladder on the east side of the warehouse. Aside from the occasional road killer open casket funeral, I had never seen a dead body before. And, to make it worse, it had been picked at, bleeding out on the roof. By the time I climbed the last rung on the ladder, the smell hit me. I once went hunting as a child with my cousins in West Virginia. I remember them gutting the deer, the stench of raw flesh in the heat. This was worse than that by a long shot. I tried my hardest to hold back any vomit that lay dormant in my throat as Leo pushed me towards the bloodied mess. I didn't want to look, but at the same time, I wanted to figure out who it could be. The town of Purdy was by no means big. I was sure I had passed by this person at least once before, but it was too hard to make it any distinguishable. Dennis. Oh my god. Yes, Sheriff, that's my employee, Ennis. I'm Corbin Eaton, and this is A Purdy Good Story. hours of Friday, October 11th, 2019, Ennis McDonald was found dead on the roof of Purdy Good Antiques. The Barry County Police Department told us that since turkey vultures had picked at his body, it was unclear what the cause of death was, but they did mention something important. We aren't going to rule out foul play just yet. In fact, Mr. Reset, we'll need to ask you some more questions at the station. Of course. No problem at all. Are you recording this, son? No, it's off. I know what you're thinking. Another lie. Add it to my bill. Before Leo left for the station, he gave me the keys to the warehouse. At this point, it was nearly five in the morning. Ennis had been taken away, the police had cleared, and I was left alone in a warehouse where a man died just hours earlier. I don't believe in ghosts. I never have. But there was something eerie about being there that morning. It probably didn't help that I didn't know how to turn on the power. But after about 45 minutes of fumbling through the dark, I found the switch. Just as I turned everything on, I noticed a blinking light on the phone near the register. It was a message. Um, <clears throat> you think I did it, don't you? Well, here's it, Nardo. You got bigger problems than a fucking eye. You're fucking retarded if you think I'd... I've been working here for so goddamn long. Fuck you, Nardo. Fuck you. It was Ennis, and it was clear in his voice he had been drinking. The message continued for three more minutes, but it was just silence, followed by the occasional slurping of what I can only assume to have been Moon Dew. 
Suddenly, like a vulture swooping down to a carcass, I remembered what Cheyenne had told me about that day the eye went missing. Later that evening, Leo finally got back into town. There was a lot of yelling. Anus even threw some stuff because Leo was blaming him. It was a big fight. I searched the pocketbook directory that sat right next to the phone. If I could call Cheyenne, maybe she could give me more details about what went down. I began to dial her number into the phone. My fingers froze. This is it, I thought. This is how I go. Getting shot in an antique store in the middle of nowhere for asking too many questions. It seemed fitting, but before I could turn around slowly to meet my killer, the boom of another gunshot echoed in my ears. I dropped to the ground. I'm not proud to admit that. I wish I would have acted heroically in the face of death. I grew up hearing stories of everyday people stepping into dangerous situations and saving the day. And here I was, nose to the floor, hoping this wouldn't be it. And then... I fumbled for my phone. I could have tried to call the police, but I doubted that the sounds of sirens would make this gunshot-toting figure drop their weapon. So instead, I quickly searched through my contact list, thinking of somebody anybody to call and leave a message. But the thing was, I couldn't come up with anyone. In hindsight, I probably would have called my parents or a best friend, but my mind was blank. So I panicked and accidentally called the manager for my first job at Papa Murphy's Pizza in Olathe, Kansas. You have reached the voicemail box of... Vince McDermott. The fuck you doing hiding on the floor, Corbin? Uh, uh, I, I, I heard gunshots. I got, yeah, goddamn buzzard and shit all on the roof. Got one. The rest flew off. Oh, gotcha. What's itching your crotch? To answer PB's question, a lot was itching my crotch at the time. Peter explained to me that Leo called him once he left the station. Leo was joining the officers to speak with Ennis's family. I tried calling Cheyenne, but she didn't pick up. So instead, I asked PB what he knew about the fight between Leo and Ennis. Do you think that voicemail means anything? Well, shit. It sure don't mean nothing. That's for sure. I was there when Leo came home from Branson, and boy, was he pissed off. But see, that their voicemail goes to show you how much Ennis loved drinking. So you can bet he'd been drinking at work, too. I think that's partly why Uncle Leo fired him. Wait, wait. Ennis was fired? Yes, sir. That day. Moment he started breaking shit, Leo had had enough. But I met Ennis yesterday. He was just here. Cause he came back to get his shit. He'd been down at the lake over at Party Cove, probably seeing some titties and getting fucked up. You know, Party Cove. But he came back, and I guess he forgot some things. I'm honestly baffled that Leo didn't drop him right then and there. Hell, probably cause you was here. That's one thing Uncle Leo always sticks true to he's always focused on appearances always trying to look good when everybody's watching or listening i suppose i mean that's definitely why you didn't see any shit go down believe you me it would have in a heartbeat well peter um do you think that maybe your uncle could have been responsible for what happened to ennis well shit yeah i mean why else would he end up on the roof of this fucking place Yeah, but Leo wouldn't be that careless. I mean, if he really wanted to, don't you think he'd at least try to hide it? Sure, but only other thing I'll say about Uncle Leo is that he wouldn't do this thing. But he also wouldn't not do this thing. What does that mean? 
Whatever you want it to mean, brother. As Leo once said to me, that's about as useful as a turd in a shitstorm. I was up to my knees in turds. If PB had no clue whether or not Leo could have killed Ennis, then maybe his aunt did. That's right, Norma B. Russett, the woman who politely refused to go on tape. I knew I would have to record her without her knowing, but if I wanted to uncover any sort of evidence, then I'd have to get dirty. I unplugged the answering machine. Yes, that's right, answering machine. PGA was a few decades behind the rest of us. I handed the tape to PB and told him to take it to the sheriff's station. He took off just as I realized I didn't have a car. No way of getting back to the Russet house. I still had the keys to PGA that Leo had given me, and thankfully, on the key ring snug between a gas station membership card and a rusted key to the store, there was a key to a busted Chevrolet van with the PGA logo spray-painted on the side. The first thing I noticed once I climbed in, aside from the McChicken wrappers on the floor, was a massive taxidermy bison in the back, staring at me through the rearview mirror. For a moment, I wondered if it was some sort of bad omen. I had come here to help Leo in his store, and now I was accusing him of murder. Once again, I had forgotten about the eye, the entire reason I came, but it was far too late to turn back now. I had already pulled up to the russet house. Norma was standing outside the front door. She had two cups of coffee as if she was expecting me. Hey, Norma. Good morning. Is it? Leo called to send PB up. So Ennis died, huh? Well, God bless him. I was never at the store too often, but every time I was, he was nothing but smiles. Yeah. He seemed like a good guy every time I spoke with him. Actually, is it okay if we go inside and talk a little bit? I'd love to hear more about your side. Of course. Get yourself inside. Are you hungry? I've got some biscuits and gravy I made for you boys. But it looks like there'll just be more for you. I felt bad going behind the back of a woman who was literally housing and feeding me. But at this point, I was sleep-deprived, anxious, and trying to solve a murder. Thank you. That was great, really. Of course, sugar. Now, what would you like to ask? Before he... uh, died... Ennis left a voicemail that did not speak too kindly to Leo... And it just makes me wonder, do you think, I I know this isn't an easy question to answer, uh, but do you think that maybe Leo had something to do with Ennis' death? Let me ask you, Corbin, are you a spiritual man? I, I mean, uh, yeah, I suppose I am. (laughs) Suppose? Well, don't sound too sure. But that is perfectly okay. We love you just the way you came to be. The way the Creator made you. All right. Here I am getting off track. Okay, well, there's a lovely little church in Cassville, right behind the Walmart Supercenter. It's gorgeous, let me tell you. So this church opens up about nine, maybe ten years ago. So it opens up, and I say, Leo... We have to support this new church. I just feel something good happening there. So we go. You know what happens when we show up? What happens? We were early, but we didn't think nothing of it. So we walk in and see the preacher grinding another man's corn. I assume that's um, sexual? Means anal. Now, I don't have nothing against what a man does with another man as long as it's not in my house. Look, times are changing and we gotta keep up. But what am I supposed to do? This was a house of God. 
Surely the congregation would be shocked to find out their new preacher's a homosexual. So what did you do? I kept my mouth shut. Leo did too. I made him. See, it wasn't for me or for that anal-loving preacher either. I did it for the rest of that church. Because what's going to happen if I started running my mouth? Well, church would probably close down, right? I couldn't let that happen. That's why God sent me in there that day, to see what I saw, to keep it a secret. Wow, Norma. I really respect that. It's like a magic trick for kids. Even if you know how it works, you don't ruin it for everyone else. You keep it up, the charade of it all. I never really thought about it like that. Well, all that to say I know about Leo and Rita. Why didn't you say anything? I'm juggling a lot right now. On the county committee, as well as jumpstarting my acting career. Run the church choir, too. I don't think it'd be good for me, for us, if the whole county knew about their corn grinding either. To keep up the charade. Now you're starting to get it. That still leaves me wondering, would Leo have killed Ennis? Leo is a lot of things. A gambler, a cheat. But he doesn't have it in him to kill a man. Believe me. I wanted to believe her. In fact, I did. Until I received a phone call that evening. Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from an inmate at Barry County Jail. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, say accept. Uh, accept. 